Test one two one two. Testing. Hello, mic check. Mic check. Can you take down the give on that one? Thanks. Just talking to our producers back there. You know. Fix it. Regular famous shit up. Yeah. How you been, Tori? I've been good, Paul. Lots happened since we last chatted. I changed my oh, shirt. So much. I took so a much shower. I got some boba. Um, no, no. A lot of things have happened because we're definitely not recording these two days in a row. We're totally. Definitely not. We are totally. So much has happened to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, how are I, you, Paul? I, What's new? I had a McRib today. That's a McRib. What I McRibs are McRib. back. McRibs are back, baby. How I have never got, tried a McRib. Have we had this conversation before? No, but I I can't say that you should because I, <laughs> I I'm not gonna say anyone should have anything from McDonald's because should is such a strong word. <laughs> um, now I kind of want McDonald's. I feel like you're missing out on an experience if hmm. you don't try a McRib because it's basically. Barbecue pork with uh-huh. pickles and onions on like a, a seeded bun, basically. Uh-huh. And it's pretty, pretty good. And it's they're... also the slipperiest sandwich I've ever had because they put so much barbecue sauce on it and the meat starts to slip out from beneath the bun if you're holding it like lengthwise. Need to eat it with a bib. Yeah. And so whenever I think of a rib, I think of a bone in meat. And just to confirm, this the McRib does not They're, have yeah, any bones is, in it's, it. It's, it's boneless because <laughs> they processed the hell out of this meat. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, really selling yeah. it. It sounds great. <laughs> oh, it's fantastic. It's so much so that they got me with the bargain of if like I added a dollar, uh, they would throw in another McRib on top of the McRib I already got. A double McRib? If you order the meal... You get you can get another whole ass McRib for another dollar. So a separate sandwich. Yeah, a separate sandwich. Okay. So two, two sandwiches. Not it. They did I was expecting stack. a double McRib no. on one sandwich. I was yeah. like, holy cow. That's again. It's an experience. I think you should have it at least once, preferably whilst drunk. I uh, feel like that's okay. when it's very much all McDonald's is drunk food. It's drunk <laughs> food or. I'm low on money and I'm hungry. Food. Lazy. Basically. We have one just around the corner from us, so it's very much a convenience. I know. I've been food. to it. <laughs> I've been to it. I've, I've I walked. There. It's a solid choice. It's close, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just a nice little walk. Good old Mickadies. That's it. That's that's the updates, folks. Yeah, that's the update. <laughs> Trying to think if I had uh, McRib is else. McRib is back, though it might be gone by the time. Oh, fuck, yeah, this comes out on the 23rd, and I think the McRib is gone on the 20th. What is the season of the McRib? It's whenever McDonald's decides to put it out. It doesn't even have a season, it's just when they feel like it? It's just when they feel out. It's not like the Shamrock Shake, which is fucking, like, March, <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not that. It's whenever they feel like people have been ignoring the McRib for long enough, they bring mm. back the McRib. But apparently... The way I've seen this advertised, it's like the McRib's farewell tour. Like, it's going away. I'm not believing uh, that shit for one second. Yeah. It's way too profitable for them to just get rid of, it's, you know? Yeah. When you make it one of those scarfs, like, oh, you gotta get it while it's hot. Did you say scarce? Yeah. You mean scarce? 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 I've heard both. Scarce. No? You've scarce? Heard scar- who, sa- who the fuck uses scarce? Well, where else did I get it from? <laughs> Idiots. <I've> heard- wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> it was great podcasting with you, Paul. Goodbye. Scars? No. Who says scars? It sounds like something you wear, like a, a like silky, a scarf, like a silky scarf. My yeah, scars. scars. My scars. It sounds like scarves. something like. Barfed. That's like big in like the fucking Hollywood scene for women to wear. It's like, and here comes Angelina Jolie. She's wearing a lovely chartreuse scarf. The new Gucci release. The new Gucci. The new line of scarces. But they would pronounce it Scarchi or Scarche. Uh, make ribs and scarchies. There you go. That's the new brand. It's going in our merch line next to the silly million sex toys. Scarce pronunciation. Scarce, yes. Who pronounces it scarce? Everything I'm looking at says it's pronounced scarce. I'm hung up on that now. <laughs> oh, I'm going to find whoever... Is there a dialect? There has it. to be something. <laughs> Found only in Tehachapi, California. <laughs> Idiots who say the word scarce uh... instead of scarce. <laughs> Maybe it's a desert thing. When I googled it, it says there are two pronunciations. Most people don't no, pronounce. Not. Most people don't pronounce the T. Where is our T? There's no T. How did you spell? That's it? what this answer says. There's no T. What the fuck are you getting your information uh, from? There's no. Of course, they don't pronounce the T because there isn't there one. Is that, it was one of those quick drop downs on Google. You know. <laughs> The G in Paul is silent because it's not fucking there. Wow, so is the G in Tori. Yeah. Wild. Can you imagine? Anyway, good stuff. Uh, listeners, tell us how you pronounce scarce. Tweet at us. Back to Tom Bombadil. Ta- back to bo- bo- Bomb Tombadil. Uh, yeah, we'll just yeah, we'll start from there. In three, two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of The Silly Marillion. I am your host, Paul, leading us through this dark forest. And joining me is my friend till the end, Tori. Uh, loyal, loyal conspirator uh, <laughs> joining me on this journey into the old forest of Tolkien. Welcome, Tori. Hi, Paul. Thanks for having me. How are you today? What are we What are we doing today? Good. Good. Well... We're reading chapter six, The Old Forest in Fellowship of the Ring. And Tori, now that you've met the elves in Fellowship of the Ring, do you still feel the need to continue? Yes. See, I just, I don't know why, but I have this feeling inside that I need to continue to go forward. <laughs> that's because you're going to meet more elves. <laughs> more elves. More elves. For. More <laughs> elves. Yes. Uh, but not for still actually quite a while like that was like our little like that was our little like eyedropper of elf content just a little like like (laughs) sprinkle for taste kind of thing (laughs) uh now it's all hobbits all the time doing hobbity things in their hobbity way and they have finally just left the shire 
Yeah, Even... now I feel like this is when the actual adventure begins because now they're going into like the unknown. Everything before was like, yeah, yeah they're being pursued, but it's like through their own backyard. It did take a good, at least in the version that I have, 137 pages for them to get out of the Shire, which is 137 pages longer than I expected. Well, 127 pages longer than I expected. Yeah, no, like this. The biggest reason why it like I didn't go into Fellowship of the Ring directly from The Hobbit when I was little was because I found this first part insanely boring. Mm. Book one of the series, uh, because every book in the series is split into two books. Mm-hmm. So Fellowship of the Ring book one is is so boring to a child. It really is. Because this um, old gay yeah. man has a birthday party. <laughs> the next chapter is literally exposition for like... 50 pages yeah then it's like this, this <laughs> there's a lot of talking and walking yeah there's a lot of talking talking and walking. a lot of walking and the moving it's, it's a lot ki- of there's stabbing kind of interesting yeah there's kind of interesting stuff but like it isn't until like after rivendell that it becomes like high fantasy because then mm. you have an elf with you you have a dwarf with you you have a wizard you have some warriors Makes until sense. then it's it's an escort mission for these for these three rich boys and a gardener just <laughs> making their way through the fucking wilds. Oh, I forgot they're rich. They're rich hobbits. They're rich! Literally. Yeah. Merry and Pippin and Frodo are like the heirs of very wealthy families. Wow. And then there's Sam, rich hobbits. Who's, who's working class and having to put up with all this rich people nonsense. I hope they pay him well. Especially for this. For this escort. They don't pay him at all. Wow. They pay him in love and loyalty. He needs... He needs the I don't know <laughs> unionized. Like, That's the word I was looking for. Sorry, where are you going with my this brain fall? went my brain went dead for like half a second. <laughs> he needs to unionize with other gardeners who go on adventures. Do other hobbits? Does Merry and Pippin have a gardener? I mean, I think they do, but they just didn't bring them because technically, that technically Merry and Pippin still live at home with their parents. Mm. They live in the big family manor. Yeah. I mean, I would too with that kind of old hobbit's money. Um, so, what happened last time on Glee? So last we... time, lots of mushrooms. Uh, they, yeah, <laughs> they escaped the clutches of the Black Riders once again. Uh, they came to Farmer Maggot's farm, where they learned that these Black Riders have been seen all over the Shire asking for Mister Baggins. And we learned that uh, Farmer Maggot is a would you call him a G? He's an OG, yeah. He's an original gangster. He he <laughs> saw a black rider and he said, "Nope, let me bring Get out the my fuck dogs. off my property. I don't have a baggins. Bye." If, if they had guns in Middle Earth, I could see him with like a, a fucking two barrel shotgun. Uh, <laughs> being like, imagining, yeah, your way to town is back the way you came. <laughs> <laughs> Get off my lawn. Get off my property. I don't know why I'm kind of making him to be like the old man from Courage the Cowardly Dog, but I'm kind of making him out oh, to be Oh, man. I wouldn't mess with him I'm either. making him out to be Eustace. Yeah. That, show, that show gave me nightmares. It was too creepy for me. <laughs> too spooky too for Tori. Too spooky for child Tori. And adult but, Tori. Uh, kidding. And adult Tori. <laughs> um, as then they leave Farmer Maggots, he gives them a, a they carpool with Farmer Maggot to the ferry. Where they meet up with Mary. Jump in the fast uh, lane on the 405. They get spooked again by a black rider on the other side of the river. They arrive in Crick Hollow, meet up with Fatty Bulger, 
and Frodo realizes that his friends have been snooping. They've been spying they out of concern. Along. Out of concern. Yes. Because we learn that Merry and Pippin aren't just goofy guys. They're actually pretty pretty intelligent. Uh, Clever Especially when guys. it comes to the well-being of their friends. And not only um, did they know about Frodo's plan to leave with him, like, acting strange and muttering to himself, but they knew all about the ring, which the ring, yeah. shocked me. Well, because, uh, remember their biggest, uh, uh, source of information was Sam, who had been listening in on that entire conversation Sneaking. at the beginning. Clever Sam. Clever boy. Clever Sam. Clever Sam. Uh, and they let him know that he can trust them to stick by their so- by his side, trust him th- to look out for him through thick and thin, mm-hmm. but what he can't trust them to do is leave him to face it on his own. And that's true friendship. Yes, yeah, so And sweet. we basically end with them declaring that uh, they're going to go through the old forest instead of going by the northern road mm-hmm. uh, so as to avoid any black riders who might be snooping about. And we'll see if that was the right move or not. Yeah, because Fatty Bulger says, hey, weird shit happens in the <laughs> old forest. In fact, I will stay here and pretend yeah. to be you in the windows and... Uh, steer away any inquisitors that come by. Mm-hmm. So they, so we pick up with uh, Frodo essentially waking up to Mary banging on the door. Uh, it's very early in the morning, but they're so going to set early. off early. Oof. It's so, it's so early that Mary has a candle in one hand. <laughs> um, yeah, it's after, it's just after six o'clock that they're actually ready to start. So. They were getting ready around like 5 a.m. Oh, it says maybe even uh, four. it is time to get up. It is half past four and very foggy. It's half past four. I don't remember the last time I woke guys. up that early. I do. I remember. In <laughs> fact, I'm at work by then. True. <laughs> I've, by then, I've been at work for a good hour, so. Ugh. No. But yes. No, thank you. Uh, poor Fatty, though. He does, They're like, he has to see us off. And it's like, just let him sleep. No, like, just no, tell him, hey, bud, we're going. Send him and a he'll text. be like, okay, bye. <laughs> They're like, no, he has to ride with us to the old forest. Aww. And then we'll say goodbye to him. And then Mary says, there, you have left the Shire. Underlined that and said, yep. finally. <laughs> yeah, there's a... Uh, they go under this little tunnel that goes under this hedge. The high hay, they call it which separates Buckland from the old forest. And uh, it, it does, it is a very uh, stirring moment because Mary, it says, uh, Mary got down and unlocked the gate. And when they'd all passed through, he pushed it to again. It shut with a clang and the lock clicked. The sound was ominous. And this is, this is the first time he's leaving the Shire. This is the first time I think any of them. I was leave about the Shire. to say, is any of them? Well, except the Mary. Before? Mary's been in the old forest before. Ah, uh, okay. Wow. Yeah. I keep thinking of that meme. That's like, was it Sam in the movies said, "This is the farthest I've ever been from the Shire." Yeah. Like, each I take step. one more step. This will be the farthest I've ever been. This it's is it. <laughs> just a compilation of that, him step. being said every time he takes a step. My favorite meme is uh. <laughs> uh I think it's the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but every time Sam takes a step, it cuts back to that scene mm-hmm. of him. This is it. And it's like hours long. Oh, it's several hours long. 
Not as long as you might think, because then, like, the party splits up, and you don't see Sam taking mm. steps very much anymore. But, uh, it's, it is, it is Historic very amusing. Meme. Historic. High quality. Whoever took the so, time to edit that, bless you. Oh, God, that can only be a pain in the eye. Oh, God, I wonder how they long were committed. it took to edit that. Granted, I think once you get to a certain point, like, it gets easier, because you have the fucking thing uh the scene locked down so all you have to do is keep track of it's each like copy step, and paste put it in yeah what would really kill me is how long it took for that to render jesus can you imagine <laughs> 13 years 13 years 50. waiting it's been 84 years <laughs> do it for the meme but they have they have left the shire and now they are in the old forest the old and... gay forest the forest is queer, yes. It's very queer. But the forest is queer. Everything in it is very much more alive, more aware of what is going on, so to speak, than things are in the Shire, and the trees do not like strangers. Are they alive? They're, uh, these trees are uh, not in my... Uh, what is it? Not in my backyard. Nimbies. They're oh, like, oh, these new people. I don't like them. <laughs> Stranger danger. How are we up to on the queer count? Because there are quite a lot more queers. There are so many queers. I Hold on. I have my post-it. So many queers. Including this chapter. So the old forest. We are at 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 29 queers. And we're not we even halfway through the book. 29 queers. Good lord. And the Hobbit only had 12. Hobbit only had 12. Yeah. Goodness. You're, we're going to need to frame that little post-it note at some point. Put it with my Varda shrine when it's complete. Yes, your little Varda. You open the cl- closet, it's just Varda fan art with candles lit all yep. around it. <laughs> Leave me alone house. to my worship. <laughs> uh, so they begin to travel through the woods, and uh, they start trying to pick their way through the trees. Uh, but like the trees seem to shift, like the trail seems to like go this way and that and starts pulling away from the direction they want to go and starts taking them further south. Yeah. And they're trying to go north, right? Yeah, they're trying to go, I believe, north yeah, northeast through the forest and then they can like cut onto the road from there. And the forest said no. And the when forest I was... said get fucked. <laughs> when I was reading the scene, it reminded me a lot of that scene in the hobbit with bilbo and the dwarves and they're like kind of getting high in that forest and they're like walking in circles and like kind of going through the same path they've already gone i very much pictured that while reading this Mm -hmm. it's very uh unsettling so i'm looking at my map i see the shire and i see Oh, the Brandywine in Brandywine Bridge. And then on the other side of the forest looks to be Bree. Yes, so they're trying to get to Bree. Okay. Where uh, Gandalf is supposed to meet them. Got it. Because he didn't meet them in uh, Crick Hollow, like Didn't meet him anywhere. Where is that fool? Yeah, where is that old man? What business does he have? Well, he's on, he's always got some business. Let me tell. Let me tell you, he's always <laughs> got some business. So okay. we have uh, 
another song because it's not Tolkien if there ain't a song. <laughs> In fact, I think we've had a song each chapter. Truly, if, at, at least one. If at there least isn't one. like three or four. If there isn't multiple. Yeah. I, I do. I actually want to see the chapter to song ratio of Tolkien. Like, did he divide his chapters based on which had like which places had songs? He's I like, was... This this chapter needs to be a bit longer because I haven't gotten a song into it quite yet. I was also curious if he like just wrote these songs and then decided to place it in different like places in the story, or if he was like writing the book and he was like, "Oh, this would be a good place to re- to put a song," and then like wrote the song. Mm-hmm. Like, how did that writing process yeah. go? Because he loves he loves a little poetry. I'm just imagining he has a book full of songs and poems that he's he's trying to fit in everywhere he can well yeah i I think there's like even more in i think like the histories of middle earth if you ever want to look at those because those are basically all his like unfinished notes and ideas gosh um i actually need i have not actually read through all the histories of middle earth oh wow I i like there are so many ones that have been released that i i feel like i need to buy some and get reading on those to better extend my fluency yeah well they're not he never published them they were published by his son Mm -hmm. who edited them for people who were interested in how middle earth came about because there are references to like what he started writing in world war one which then became the silmarillion Mm -hmm. but yeah just feel like there's so many like they're constantly releasing new stuff yeah so basically, uh, they start getting through, and the air begins to get hot and stuffy. They he does a good job of making you feel claustrophobic mm-hmm. while doing this. And Frodo tries to sing a little song to pass the time. Uh, I'm not gonna sing it, but I am gonna say it because I do like this one. O wanderers in the shadowed land, despair not, for though dark they stand, all woods there must end at last and see the open sun go past. The setting sun, the rising sun, the day's end or the day begun. For east or west, all woods must fail. And then a tree cuts him off by just dropping a branch behind him. And Mary is like, they don't like hearing about ending and failing. Let's they just get out of here. Enough. And then we'll, yeah, we'll turn around and give them a rousing chorus. But let's get <laughs> out of the fucking woods first. Also, this, this, this is me entirely. He spoke cheerfully. And if he felt any great anxiety, he did not show it. I'm like, that's me. I always feel great anxiety, but you're never going to know. <laughs> we'll just hide it within. The power within. The anxiety within. So they just keep going, stomping through the trees. Yeah, it's mostly them stomping through the trees. They come to this uh, tall hill where they point out uh, where specifically they shouldn't go, which is the Withy Windle Valley. It is said to be the what queerest part of the whole wood. It's too gay. Can't go there. The center from which all the queerness comes, as it were. It's, so it's West like Hollywood. The Castro. They're like, nah. It's the, <laughs> I was going to say it's the Castro of fucking... <laughs> oh, what if, what if we like open a gay club called the Withy Windle? <laughs> I love the queerest it. Part, queerest part of the whole wood. But not friendly for people with lists. The... Where? I can't find the name. The what window? Withy Windle. Withy Windle. So if you do have a lisp, it, it would actually be easier to say. Ah, lisp friendly. Withy Windle. Lisp friendly. That, yeah, it's Withy, Withy Windle Gay Club, and in parentheses underneath, lisp friendly. <laughs> and they said, no, we do not go into WeHo. Yeah. It is overcrowded, and people steal your yeah. phones. 
They're like, don't, don't, we'll not go in that direction. We want to avoid that place. We got to just cut right through the woods. Do not get distracted by the queerness. <laughs> um, and so they keep going, but they keep seeing that the little paths keep veering them further and further to the right, which is heading towards the Withywindle Valley. And sure enough, they pop out, and Mary's like, we have come almost in the opposite direction to which we intended. This is the River Withywindle. I will go and explore. Um, but from there, they do find a little footpath and head up it. I was looking to see if the Withywindle is on this map. I don't think so. It should be, maybe. Hold on, there's a few maps back here. No, 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 no. So many. Did, um... Were these maps added in after, or did Jimmy draw them? I think uh, Tolkien drew the maps because mm. he he also did illustrations. He'd also like draw his own. Yeah, I remember his like, little every, dragon boy. Every map, I think. I don't know if like the map you have in yours is one of Tolkien's, but I think all the maps that there are like are are based off at least the maps that he drew out. Man of multiple talents. Yes, international man of mystery, <laughs> J.R.R. Tolkien. Yeah, baby. <laughs> oh my God, Austin Powers is J.R.R. Tolkien. Just imagining his face saying that. <laughs> what, Michael, like Austin Powers or yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien no. as an old man? Old old man Jimmy with his like pipe and just saying, yeah, yeah baby. baby, yeah, baby. First, first. So they find this little footpath that goes up the Withywindle and start walking up, uh, walking up it. Oh, and they're kind of wondering who made this path, right? Yeah, I dare say, said Pippin, that is, if the track goes on so far and does not simply lead us into a bog and lead us and leave us there, who made the track? Do you suppose and why? I am sure it was not for our benefit. And Mary answers, uh, I don't know in the least how far down the Withywindle we are, or who could possibly come here often enough to make a path along it. But there's no other way, so they're like... Okay. It's like when the D&D party comes across like an ominous like passageway, and they're like, well, what are we going to do, not go down it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what else are we going to do? We got to go there. And, so and then it gets do. hot. And then there are flies buzzing around, buzzing really around their ears. Having a great like time. And they get really sleepy. Uh, they get really tired. Which, you know, and there are a bunch of willow trees. There are a bunch of willow trees that hang over the uh, sides of the river. And they come across a huge willow tree. Enormous it looked. Its sprawling branches going up like reaching arms with many long-fingered hands. Its knotted and twisted trunk gaping in wide fissures that creaked faintly as the boughs moved. The leaves flutter, fluttering against the bright sky dazzled him. And he toppled over, lying where he fell upon the grass. And so Mary and Pippin lean against the, uh, the tree. And they just fall asleep. They give up to this spell. Something spooky's going on. Yeah, and Sam kind of walks off. But then Frodo says, wait for me, Sam. Must bathe feet a minute. And then he goes, and then, yeah, Frodo goes over to the river, and uh, he immediately, like, falls asleep against the tree. And then Sam is like, 
I love how Sam has the most common sense. He goes, there's more behind this than sun and warm mm-hmm. air. I don't like this big tree. I don't trust it. <laughs> and so he kind of walks away, and then he hears, like, a splash, and he sees, like, one of the roots is, like, holding Frodo under the yeah, water, and Frodo creepy. isn't struggling. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah. And so Sam just, like, pulls him up, and Frodo's just like, the beastly true tree threw me in. <laughs> I felt it. But he didn't wake up till he was pulled out of the water, which is crazy. Yeah. Frodo could have died and that would have been the end of this whole series. The end. He he just drowned if it weren't for Darlin' Sam. Yeah, and then immediately they're like, okay, well, where are Mary Pippin? And they're not there anymore. And they've been basically eaten by the tree. Yeah, what the heck? They walk back and, like, they're in, kind of engulfed within the trunk. Yeah, and can't so get have out. you ever seen... I know you're from S- Southern California, but have you ever seen a tree... With uh, like wide kind of cuts in it that just kind of open up. Mm-hmm. So it's basically they've like one of those has widened and they've kind of fallen back into it and now it's kind of like squeezing them. Just trapped. And so immediately they're like, "Do you have an axe?" It's like it's just a little hatchet that won't do anything. And then Sam's like, "What if we burn it with fire?" And so they're like, "Like Frodo's like, we might succeed in roasting Pippin alive." And Sam's response is basically like, "What?" What are we going to do then? What is our other option? Uh, So he quickly, like, cuts up wood and starts burning it next to the tree. And the tree doesn't like it and starts to squeeze. Yeah. And Mary yells, put it out, put it out. He'll squeeze me in two if you don't. He says so. Who? What? Put it out. Who? Like, are they? I feel like they're, like, trapped in the tree's brain. And so they could hear the tree's thoughts because... They're only Merry and Pippin can hear what is being said from inside the tree, right? Like, mm-hmm. Sam and Frodo can't hear anything. Yeah, I think I think it's because cause they can hear, like, almost faint singing on the wind when they're falling asleep. I think now that they're, like, in the tree, they can hear, like, a low kind of voice coming from the tree. You know basically. what that reminds me of? That what? old woman Willow from Pocahontas. This is her homicidal cousin. (laughs) Grandmother Willow. Grandmother Willow. That was it. I'm just imagining her. Which is funny because this is old man Willow. (laughs) The evil spouse. Or her evil son. Evil son. (laughs) Grandmother Willow talks about painting with all the colors of the wind. (laughs) Old man Willow talks about painting with the insides of your friends. (laughs) With the blood of little hobbitses. And so... Frodo can't, he's like, I don't know what to do. So he just runs off yelling, help, help. He's like, I don't know who's going to help us. Good job, but I'm Frodo. like, I, I, I got to say something. <laughs> Sam is like kicking at the little fire to try to put it out. Uh, and then suddenly he hears an answer he was not expecting. Yeah, I wasn't it's expecting song. either. I was like, hello, it's, what the heck is this? It's a song and I'm going to sing it. Hell yeah. And I'm even going to, I'm going to sing it in my Tom Bombadil. Oh, I can't, I haven't heard Tom this Bombadil. voice. I'm excited. Hey, doll, merry doll, ring-a-dong, dillo, ring-a-dong, hop-along, foul-low the willow, tom-bom, jolly-tom, tom-bom-ba-dillo. Hey, come, merry doll, dairy doll, my darling, light goes the weather wind and the feathered starling, down along under hill, shining in the sunlight, waiting on the doorstep for the cold starlight. There my pretty lady is, river woman's daughter, slender as the willow wand, clearer than the water. 
Oh, top bumpadoo, water lilies ringin'. Comes hoppin' home again. Can you hear me singin'? Hey, come, merry doll, dairy doll, and merry o, goldberry, goldberry, merry yellow berry o. Poor old willow man, you tuck your roots away. Tom's in a hurry now. Evening will follow day. Tom's going home again, water lilies bringin'. Hey, come, dairy doll, can you hear me singing? Beautiful! Clap, 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 clap. Woo! Woo! Uh, yeah, I read this how... and I was like, who the, who the F? fuck? What is this? What? Mm -hmm. What? I've heard the legend of Tom Bombadil, and still it did not... It, it it did not comprehend this this mystery figure. Yeah. And Frodo and Sam stood as if enchanted. That was me, just jaw dropping. Like, what the heck? Who is this? Yeah, it's it's your boy. It's it's Steph's favorite boy, <laughs> Tom Bombadil. He's here. Um, too large and heavy could... for a hobbit. Yes. But not quite uh, tall enough for one of the big people. Though he made noise enough for one, stumping <laughs> along with great yellow boots on his thick legs and charging through grass and rushes like a cow going down to drink. He had a blue coat uh, and a long brown beard. His eyes were blue and bright and his face was red as a ripe apple, but creased into a hundred wrinkles of laughter. In his hands, he carried on a large leaf as on a tray a small pile of white water lilies. Look at this goofy guy just showing up in our fantasy Truly. novel. This is, this is, you know, this is, it's when everyone in the D&D &D group has, like, a really, like, like serious, like, focused character. And one guy's like, this is Grimbo the Goblin. He's a lawyer. <laughs> and it's just <laughs> like, what? Lawyer. He's a lawyer. Yeah, he specializes in, uh... uh... <laughs> in Way to ruin the aesthetic. He specializes in workers' comp. Yeah. <laughs> uh... uh... And yeah, does, so go ahead. It does uh basically stand out. Um Yeah, it's so random. Like it's I just so random. What is the point? I've always you know if I could ask Tolkien any question, I would ask him point blank, what was the point of Tom Bombadil? Mm. Because he has he plays no other part other than this section of Fellowship of the Ring. Hmm. Wait, well, technically no. Because No spoilers. Yeah, he does give them something that does help out with them later on. But it couldn't but be still, another character? someone else, why did it have to be him? Yeah. The movie did such a good job of just not including him <laughs> because they're like, why would we? Jimmy was like, I have this funky fellow and I don't know what to do with him, so I'm just going to plop him and then you'll never see him again. Like, I was going to say like Radagast in The Hobbit, but we do see him a few more times. That's how I felt about Radagast, though. Who, what, yeah. what, why? Why? Who is this man? Yeah. And so Sam and Frodo ask him for help. Help, cried Frodo and Sam, running towards him with their hands stretched out. Whoa, whoa, steady there, cried the old man, holding up one hand, and they stopped short as if they had been struck stiff. Now, my little fellows, where be you a-going to, puffin' like a bellows? What's the matter here, then? Do you know who I am? I'm Tom Bombadil. Tell me what's your trouble. Tom's in a hurry now. Don't you crush my lilies. 
My friends are caught in the willow tree, cried Frodo breathlessly. Master Mary's being squeezed in a crack, cried Sam. What? shouted Tom Bombadil, leaping up in the air. Old man Willow? Not worse than that, eh? That can soon be mended. I know the tune for him. Old Grey Willow Man, I'll freeze his marrow cold if he don't behave himself. I'll sing his roots off. I'll sing a wind up and blow leaf and branch away, old man Willow. Setting down his lilies carefully on the grass, he ran to the tree. There he saw Mary's feet still sticking out. The rest had already been drawn further inside. Tom put his mouth to the crack and began singing into it in a low voice. They could not catch the words, but evidently Mary was aroused. His legs began to kick. Tom sprang away, and breaking off a hanging branch, smote the side of the willow with it. You let them out again, old man Willow, he said. What be you a-thinking of? You should not be waking. Eat earth, dig deep, drink water, go to sleep. Bombadil is talking. He then seized Mary's feet and drew him out of the suddenly widening crack. There was a tearing creak and the other crack split open, and out of it Pippin sprang, as if he had been kicked. Then with a loud snap, both cracks closed fast again. A shudder ran through the tree from root to tip, and complete silence fell. Thank, Thank you, you, said the hobbits, one after the other. Tom Bombadil burst out laughing. Well, my little fellows, said he, stooping so that he peered into their faces. You shall come home with me. The table is laden with yellow cream, honeycomb, and white bread and butter. Goldberry's waiting. Time enough for questions around the supper table. You follow after me as quick as you are able. With that, he picked up his lilies and then, with a beckoning wave of his hand, went hopping and dancing along the path eastward, still singing loudly and nonsensically. Too surprised and too relieved to talk, the hobbits followed after him as fast as they could, but that was not fast enough. Tom soon disappeared in front of them, and the noise of his singing got fainter and further away. Suddenly his voice came floating back to them in a loud halloo. Hop along, my little friends, up the withy window. Tom's going on ahead, candles for to kindle. Down where sinks the sun, soon you will be groping. When the night shadows fall, then the door will open. Out of the window panes, light will twinkle yellow. Fear no alder black, he no hoary willow. Fear neither root nor bough, Tom goes on before you. Hey now, merry doll, we'll be waiting for you. What a funny fellow. This what? man literally introduces himself like he knows that we're not expecting his yeah. fucking character. Yeah. He says, I'm Tom ba Do you know who I am? I'm Tom Bombadil. I Can you like imagine Tolkien going up to strangers Tolkien. in a club and being like, do you know who I am? I'm Tori Owens. I'm gonna try that. Next time I meet someone new. That's how, that's actually the traditional greeting of the uh, Withy Windle Gay Club. You gotta <laughs> go up to them and say, do you know who I am? In like a goofy ass voice and then say your name. Full name, first and last. It is, it, I feel like he was like fucking with his editor this entire time. <laughs> He's like, and then the weird man shows up and goes, do you know who I am? I'm Tom Bombadil. And the editor is like, you gotta okay. be shitting my are you shitting my dick? Come on. John, come on. Word Tom for word, Bombadil. this is how that combo happened. Yeah, but like, like he came in and it's like, John! His agent just on the phone. 
John, baby, love what you're doing with the book. Absolutely love it. Spectacular. Uh, evil ring, quest to destroy it. Hey, uh, heroes, heroes, wizards, elves, and dwarves, wraith creatures. Ah, it's wonderful, wonderful. Uh, hey, uh, a little little question. Um, this character, uh, Tom Bombadil, do, do you wanna do you wanna keep him in there? Yes, I I think I rather should. No, no well, how about? John, baby, baby, come on. He literally says, do you know who I am? And we could basically continue the entire rest of the book without after actually knowing who the fuck this guy is. Because I, I don't understand. It's my book, and I'm going to keep him. The end. The end. That's it. That was a real-life conversation that uh, no one else has heard of. You listeners are one of the few people. I either keep Tom Bombadil... Or you fuck off. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it's just so weird. But I kind of like the song. I don't know. It just doesn't. It it just. It seems like a crack dream. There's been it's such... a little bit of a drug drug character high off something. This this does feel like it came out of the sixties. <laughs> like he was high off something and was like, you know what, this story needs. Mm-hmm. Tom Bombadil. And I still don't really know his purpose, but I guess that's the point of the... Okay, well, he saved Mary and Pippin. Great. What next? Dinner with Goldberry, who I'm assuming is his partner? Uh, yeah, Goldberry, the river woman's daughter. Uh, what does that mean? Let me tell you. We never find out who the fuck the river woman is. What? Jimmy's just dropping NPCs and then with, with no backstory. He's literally doing this. And now imagine... You're reading this before the Silmarillion ever came out, because he references so many things in the Silmarillion yeah. that Tom's no one would have fucking, all. no one would have fucking like. I recall in the future, Treebeard sings a whole song about walking in different forests in the world, and he mentions several locations that are only in the Silmarillion because they're in Beleriand, which then gets sunk. But if you were like fucking reading this before the Silmarillion came out, you would have been like, what the fuck is that like treebeard what do you want about what the hell oh my oh it's my. it's it's ridiculous but um uh, yeah actually in lord of the rings online they actually did a cool thing with the lore uh where goldberry the woman R river woman's daughter uh she's like a water spirit basically Ooh, they okay like, she's the caretaker of like the withy windle yeah and so what they do is basically whenever there's like a specific kind of river or body of water that has a kind of importance, they actually, there's a chance that you meet a river woman there who's actually mm. like the caretaker of that specific one. That's pretty cool. So like, yeah, and they're all very beautiful and they all, they're always kind of helpful, but then sometimes you meet like a river that's been corrupted and they're like a dark river woman. And it's oh, it's it's one of my favorite things Lord of the Rings Online did with the lore that we yeah. got. But yeah, other than that, we don't know who the fuck so much of this is about. Fever I do dream. love. I and I do love his little, uh, his little like almost kind of like lullaby sort of to Old Man Willow of eat earth, dig deep, drink water, go to sleep. <laughs> it's like it's like what you tell like a toddler as you're like trying to get them to settle the fuck down. Uh, but then they start basically following the path, and it gets dark, and I, there's a specific line that I 
do like. Um, yeah. Oh, again, this actually kind of explains it enough. Uh, they began to feel that all this country was unreal and that they were stumbling through an ominous dream that led to no awakening. And it's like, if I met fucking Tom Bombadil, same. I'd be fucking same. Like, I would think it was a fever dream, 100%. So they Tom leads them to his house. Uh, up, oh, wait. Up, down, under hill. Beyond that, the dark shapes of the Barrow Downs stalked away into the eastern night. Is that on my map? Maybe. The Barrow Downs are these this kind of hill range beyond the old forest. Oh, yeah. And do you I know see what, it. Do you know what a barrow is? No. Uh, a barrow is basically a burial mound. Oh. So. Oh, that's dark. Uh, yeah, and the Barrow Downs are old. Like... The people who built them were, like, when humans were first going into the West during the first stage. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, when, like, the kingdom of Arnor is settled, which is, you know, Elendil from Rings of Power? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he escapes the destruction of Numenor, he builds his kingdom there in the north in Ar- as Arnor. Oh, if you see in like the big map of like Eriador and stuff, it's like here was here of old was the realm of Arnor or something. That it's basically the sister kingdom to Gondor in the south, basically. Okay. And even when they built that, the Barrow Downs were still considered very old, even by them. And that was wow. like thousands of years before all this. So they come, they keep walking, and then eventually they come to Tom Bombadil's house, and they. Uh, see like golden light coming out of the windows and the door opens and yeah there was Tom Bombadil's house before them up down underhill I like his little three part stanza yeah it was very cute hobbits ponies all we are fun of parties now let the fun begin let us sing together let us sing together and then his wife joins in I love how Goldberry's voice is first described. Then another clear voice, as young and as ancient as spring. What does that mean? Young and as ancient as spring. So you know how, like, when we think of spring, we think of things growing anew. And, yeah. Like, coming back. That's as young as spring. But it's also ancient as spring, because there's always been a spring, as long oh, as humans have been around. I love how you explain so that. It's as young and as ancient as spring, mm. like the song of a glad water flowing down into the night from a bright morning in the hills came falling like silver to meet them. I, I, I'm not going to do a voice for this, but now let the song begin. Let us sing together of sun, stars, moon, and mist, rain, and cloudy weather, light on the budding leaf, dew on the feather, wind on the open hill, bells on the heather, reeds by the shady pool, lilies on the water. Old Tom Bombadil and the River Daughter. And the River Daughter. Yeah, the hobbits are there, and then the chapter ends. And, then and if you stop there, like we are, it's like, what the fuck? What? What is the this? Fuck? It is. It's, it's fucking wild. Let me tell you. When you first said a lot happened in this chapter, I was like reading through, and I'm like, oh, there's not really much happening. They're just like kind of going through the creepy woods and not getting <laughs> anywhere. And then Tom appears, and I'm like, oh, now mm-hmm. I see this yeah. guy. I can't wait to learn more about him. I can't believe we're stopping there. But the next episode, right? Yes, the next episode. Is when we're going to uh, have a special guest. Yes, we shall have a special guest, a Tom Bombadil aficionado, uh, Steph. I heard so much about Tom when Steph first read through 
or listen well, to. Well, now you know why. <laughs> Do you know who he is? He's Tom Bombadil. <laughs> My wife is just Tom Bombadil. A mystery. That means you're Goldberry. I might not be angry at that. We shall see. I don't know anything about Goldberry. Besides, yeah, she's, she, I mean, how, the look, way you she's describe, described as very beautiful. Yeah, she's and young and as ancient as spring. That's pretty rad. So, honestly, you kind of like associate with that with Varda already, where you're like, oh, she's beautiful, but she's like also ethereal and yeah. ancient. And then you just have your little fella in Tom. Yeah, and then, yeah, this ancient beauty married to this scrungly little guy. <laughs> if that isn't every like, like gay couple pairing i don't know why there's always like this really beautiful one and then next to them is like this like possum person that got pulled out of a trash you know can what they say like... there's nothing queer than this forest <laughs> <laughs> come down to the withy Windle gay bar guys come on down the queerest uh... part of the forest <laughs> so yes next uh chapter We'll, we'll be covering is chapter seven in the house of Tom Bombadil with a special guest. And then actually after that, we'll have another guest for mm-hmm. chapter eight, Fog on the Barrow Down. So two, you know what? That can These are going to be our Christmas gifts, basically, mm. because they're both going to be in December. Yeah. Happy holidays. We've got special guests. Yes. Happy holidays. Special guests. And it's not Aaron. <laughs> It's, that's not Aaron. Well, come, that's not Aaron. They've been on one. They've been on one official podcast episode. No, our oh, well, official. All of our uh, Eagles are coming one. So mm-hmm. Aaron is kind of our most reoccurring guest. Uh, Steph, they are. Steph is our reoccurring patron Steph. guest. <laughs> well, Steph is. Uh, I feel like Steph is part of the crew. I'm not going to say they're a guest. I, I think they're part of the crew. Mm, okay. Uh, casting crew. Because they put in a lot of good work with helping you with every aspect of your life. That is true. I think, I think, yeah, I think our primary guests so far have been Molly and uh, uh, Aaron. Yeah. But um, yeah, that's that's our chapter. It's a shorter episode today. I won't deny it, but I think we had some fun. No, I think it was pretty. No, it's actually. Wow, it only felt short. I think it felt short. Because for the first entire half, we're just like, and they're walking, they're walking, and they're, and they're walking, talking, and they're walking, and they're talking, there's and some they're trees walking, to their and left. they sing a little song, there's trees to the right, look, a, a tree branch, a tree eats them, part for the chorus, and then fucking Tom Bombadil shows up, and that, you know what, I'm, I'm gonna try to, when I'm editing this, I'm gonna try to figure out how long we actually talked about the rest of the chapter, and how long I just lost my shit. On how Tom Bombadil <laughs> is so fucking weird Truly. to just throw in. Truly. Yeah, I looked at the yes. time and I was very impressed with how long this stretched, considering. Yeah, this is almost in a... Yeah, because I, when I was reading the chapter today, I'm like, yeah, nothing really well, does happen, yeah. actually, in this. But you know what? We stretched it out. I'm proud of that. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, yes, thank you all for listening to our podcast. And I hope you're all going to be having a lovely Thanksgiving for yeah. those who celebrate. We are thankful for we, you. We are, th- yeah, you know what I'm thankful for? Lord of the Rings, but also Tori. Aww. Uh, you know what I'm thankful for? Tori's ignorance of Lord of the Rings, <laughs> so that we were able to do this entire podcast. You're welcome, you're welcome. <laughs> I'm thankful for you <laughs> too, Paul, and all like, your knowledge. Tori, Tori, did I ever tell you your ignorance is terribly inspiring? <laughs> Fair flip. I'm happy to provide for the podcast. <laughs> I'm happy to remain ignorant for the podcast's sake. <laughs>
Uh, thank you, listeners, for listening. Look out for Mariah Carey. Look out. She's coming for you. She's coming she's for like, you. She's like, you know what? This entire month, it, we're like the hobbits trying to get through the Shire, and then we like look back at the road, and there Mariah Carey is on a black horse with like a hood up. I don't. <laughs> all oh. I want for Christmas is for you, like ominously, like playing oh. really, like low tones. In she's the just the black rider. Ooh, she's and the hobbits are just us get us hiding behind the roots. <laughs> the roots of Thanksgiving, being like, <laughs> after this, she's got us, man. She's oh, got us. This is such a great mental picture. I love this. <laughs> Again, I I posted this earlier on Twitter, but I was like, once I have like enough money. I am commissioning so much art, but I know I'm saving uh, my commissions uh, for Cassie for all to be like Lord of the Rings meme related. Oh my god! Like Cassie would really lend herself well to that shit. To the meme. To the meme. <laughs> to the meme. So yes, thank you everyone for listening to our podcast. Special thanks, as always, to Jack Hook for hey, providing Jack. the music. Uh, special thanks also to Evelyn for Yay, providing Evelyn. our cover art. And special thanks to our patrons over on Yay, Patreon. Patrons. If you would like to contribute to the podcast as well as gain extra podcast episodes, go over to patreon.com slash Silly Merlions. The Silly Merlion. Yep. The Silly Merlion. Mm-hmm. That was our Twitter. For future updates, you can look for us on Twitter at hatch at at hashtag don't hashtag don't. <laughs> at ass tag <laughs> at silly marillions plural right. there's many of them there's three and then you can also find our personal twitters i'm at good looking geek and you can find tori at toriello underscore uh we're usually just posting memes and nonsense on our personal stuff come uh, for the memes tell us if you would go yeah. to the withy Wendell gay bar Yes, come to the Withy Window Gay Bar. Uh, in fact, I feel like that's what our this episode is going to be called. The Withy Window Gay Bar. Done. No, <laughs> actually, no. The title should be, Do You Know Who I Am? And then just... <laughs> just that's it? And then just that. Just, Do You Know Who I Am? Done. And it's like episode something something of Silly Marillion. <laughs> Done. Uh, but it's got to be like in all caps. <laughs> do you know who I am? Consider it done. Hell yeah. Thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you next time. Da-da-da. Da-da-da.